Welcome to Pardon the Confusion. We're back for another episode, and we're glad that you're along with us for this ride. It's just the two of us. That was an old song long ago. It's Paul Arnold and Ernest Watts. We're back giving you uh, our takes, our opinions, our thoughts about an awesome weekend of sports, an awesome weekend. And maybe, just maybe, Ernest missed the story. Today, the U.S. Open practice round included a very special guest caddy. Ernest, do you know who that is? Bill Murray? No, it was somebody from Caddyshack, because Caddyshack, the movie, turned 40 years old this summer, and I remember watching it thinking, man, that was really risque for me as a young kid. No, it was the caddy, Michael O'Keefe, who played the main character, Danny Noonan, texted the U.S. Open and said, wouldn't it be great if I could come caddy? I grew up near New York, near Wingfoot, where the U.S. Open is happening this year, and they said, sure, come on, you can caddy during the practice round and it has a picture of him caddying and uh he still has the bushy long hair and his face looks like any 60 year old man would look but uh i thought that's pretty cool how would you rate caddyshack of all sports movies ernest oh it's hilarious i love it you know, always reference it you know i always when people said you know I've, we've established in this podcast that i have a pool i do the uh tie which is played by chevy chase the old and people come over, can I go over to your pool? And I do the, oh, well, I got a pool in the back, palm in the front. Palm would be best for you. <laughs> oh, yeah. You, you know the background that Bill Murray did all his scenes in one week because mm-hmm. that's all they would let him off of Saturday Night Live. Uh-huh. The, uh, Chevy Chase and Ted Knight became very, very close friends. Ted Knight actually bought a house in the same street that Chevy Chase had in Los Angeles. Uh, and the, John Peters, who was the Parlamore of Beverly of uh, Barbara Streisand, kept a- trying to edit the movie and change it in many respects. Uh, and actually, it, it was filmed in an abandoned golf course down in Miami, but you can't tell that because there's very few palm trees. Oh, we could we, we'll save the hour yeah. for Caddyshack another time. There might There's be all- a few listeners who never have seen Caddyshack. Can you believe but, but it? But don't go see Caddyshack 2. That no. is an abomination. Although, isn't Michelle Pfeiffer in that? No. I don't know. She's in Greece too. Oh, that's it. Okay. I don't think she's in Caddyshack 2 is Aykroyd and uh, they and I'm trying to think whoever else. I, did, I never it's, saw it. So. Your life is so much better because of that. <laughs> That's an interesting that. take. How many movies did we watch and wish we had our two hours back? Oh, the worst was a movie called The Hunger with Susan Sarandon and uh, 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 some friend, uh, Christian, uh, uh, Christian Nerve. It is a horrible, horrible vampire movie. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I can't think of the last movie. I can. There was one movie we got up and left, and it was with uh, Jason Stratham, and it was like a bank heist type thing in London. The the Italian job? No, it wasn't the Italian job. I liked the Italian job. No, it was just really violent and not good. And I just said, I've had too long of a day. Let's get out of here. But that's the only time I've ever gotten up and left a movie. Have you ever done that? Never. My wife has walked out of two movies. Ooh with me before we got married uh one was it's alive which was a horror movie about babies which were carnivorous monsters and that scared <laughs> her so bad that she left and the other was a satirical kind of uh, sketch 
comedy called uh, Groove Tube. And wow. she walked out of both, and I stayed to the end. She waited in the lobby. Wow. She was a real, real trooper. I guess so, but she had to be a trooper to marry you, I'd just say. That. Oh, yes, yes, yes. And uh, Ernest just had a birthday this weekend. Uh, yes. Now he can sing the famous Beatles song. Will you still love me when I'm 64? And your wife still does, which is good news. Yes, yes. She won't sing the song, though. <laughs> go ahead. All right, well, let's get to some sports. Hey, the NFL is back, and... I was watching some games, and it was just so much fun. And for a while, it suspended reality. I didn't care if there were fans in the stands or not. I was just enjoying the play calling, the hitting. I mean, there were so many games, a lot of storylines. Give the NFL credit, matching up Tom Brady and Drew Brees right off the bat. Um, and some surprises, but not a ton of surprises. But what I'm going to start with, Ernest, is your old quarterback from Carolina, Cam Newton going to the Patriots. First of all, what do you think of his fashion statement after the game? Cam always tries to set the fashion statement. Too many people fixate on that. Uh, even when he was playing, I mean, you know, he got to come up with a coonskin hat. I, you know, if you produce, when you produce, when there was Super Bowl, this wasn't a problem. When he got injured the last two years, all you could say, all the year people locally here in North Carolina was talking about, his, is his fashion attire, which to me has nothing to do with He his looks life. like a Batman villain back from Michael Keaton days. You know, the bright yellow suits or the bright... Anyways, he played quite well. And I think um, Belichick, I think, has a little edge to try to prove that he can win with whatever quarterback he has. He hasn't played a full season in three years. And if you're going to run him 25 times, you're courting danger. I would be highly surprised if he runs the ball 25 times against the Seahawks next Sunday night. <laughs> that That's a team that will tee off on it. And a team historically he has had problems with is the Seattle Seahawks. Mm -hmm. So I'll be highly surprised. They're going to have to – I know Daniels is a whiz kid at offensive coordinator and Belichick is the greatest coach of all time. So I think they you're not going to see this the rest of the year. They're, they're going to have to develop some – you know, maybe roll out passes or something, and if you roll them out, then you have the you 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 force the the defense to come rolling up and put pressure on the corners and the safeties. But you're not going to see them run this much. This this was this was a statement game against a team that they didn't really fear in Miami, and that was. And when I watched Tom Brady, Tampa Bay against New Orleans Saints, first I thought the Saints have a high quality team. I mean, they have a lot of things going for them. Uh, and I didn't think Tampa Bay would look that good. I thought they looked really decent. I mean, it was to be expected that some of the wide receivers, especially you saw Mike Evans blow a call on a coverage, um, that that would happen in the first game with Tom Brady. But Tom Brady didn't give up. I thought he threw two bad passes, but the rest of it looked pretty good. And I think they looked like a potential playoff team. I don't think they're going to win their division or go that far, but I think Brady's in pretty good shape down there. What did you think of that game? Yeah, remember that last year Tampa Bay had the number one passing offense in the league, and that's with how many picks with, though. Yeah, that's with Winston throwing all those picks. So that shows you have a pretty good blocking offensive line. You've got wide receivers. You've got two or three good tight ends. Though Gronk literally showed his age. You know, you set out a year. That's difficult to do. So. That wasn't hard. Aaron's remember now he developed the 
the passing attack for the Colts when, when Manning was there, with the Steelers when Roethlisberger was there. Look at what he did with Carson Palmer at Arizona. So they're going to have a pretty good passing attack. And Kurt Warner in Arizona, too. And Kurt Warner also. I mean, like you said, they're going to pass. They were going to pass. There's no problem about that. But, you know, they're going to have to compete with being the second-best team in that division with Atlanta and Matt Ryan. That's going to be the determining factor is those two games with Atlanta. If they can beat Atlanta twice, then I I think they're going to make – got expanded playoffs. Remember this year, there are two additional playoff teams for each conference. So I, they're going to make the playoffs. They're going to be a 10 and 6, 9 and 17, but they're not going to the Super Bowl. No, I mean, there's five no. or six. I mean, Green Bay's better than they are. The Rams are better than they are. The Cowboys are better than they are. The Saints are better than they are. Atlanta may be better than they are. We just don't know. Who's going to have a better record, Patriots or the Buccaneers? Be, look at the divisions they play, and it's going to be the Patriots. Patriots can meet up in the Jets and the Dolphins, and maybe able to handle the Bills. Look at the, you know, you got four games against the Falcons and the Saints. Uh, that's, that's potentially four losses right there. So it's obviously going to be the Patriots. It doesn't mean the Patriots are a better team. It just means they have a friendlier schedule than the Buccaneers did. Well, another matchup that was a marquee matchup was last Thursday. It was the Chiefs against the Titans. And Mahomes looked like he didn't miss a beat. He came out in the second quarter. The first quarter was a little shaky, but, you know, they looked really sharp. Uh, And Texans looked like they sort of gave up. It really wasn't as close as that score indicates. Um, I think Texans still have the big picture in mind. They'll make the playoffs, but they got to go through the Chiefs sooner or later. Do you think this is the year they beat the Chiefs in the end? No, I mean, the Chiefs are the best. Well, they added Clyde Edwards Hilaire, and that's a little 5'9 running back, kind of like built like a, a fire hydrant from LSU. Barry Sanders like. Very, Barry Sanders like, but, but he catches the ball better than Sanders. He's great catching the ball. He came out of that offense out of LSU, and it was really an addition. I think Kansas City's defense is better, I think their offense has improved. Uh, wow, that's saying something. You lost Hopkins, so you have no deep threat for the Texans anymore. I thought the Texans regressed. I don't think their defense is good. I think J.J. Watt is another year older. Uh, they're say, I mean, they're not going to win the division. It's going to be the Titans. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Colts, after yesterday, I know it's hard to make conclusions after one week in the NFL. But Rivers looked like he always did, down the touchdown, throwing interceptions in the last <laughs> two minutes of the game. Right. So the Colts lost to the Jaguars. Uh, that's the Titans division. I mean, Texans might make it again. You got that additional wild card. The AFC is not as deep as the NFC. Uh, so they'll, they'll make the playoffs. But, no, I think the Texans are trending down. They're not as good as they were last year. I think the Chiefs are a lot better. I think – in the AFC, you got two teams and everybody else. I think you got it, the that Ravens was and the Ravens and the Chiefs, and we don't yeah. know if the Ravens can do it in the playoffs yet. It was uh, very much go with the uh, the chalk week. There was no huge surprises at all. In fact, it was status Ooh. quo. Well, let oh, me go contrary. through. Well, oh, let me go through it, overall. All right. All so right. you have Seahawks beating the Falcons. Not a big surprise. Russell Wilson was hot last year. He's hot this year. You have the Bills being the Jets. I don't have to say any more there. 
You have the Lions losing, even though they had a 17-point lead. That's the norm. In fact, around well, Detroit, that's the let, norm. Let's talk a little bit about that game. No, I think we need to move on. Well, just a little I, bit I, just, I want to make I don't want to talk about that coach, game. what your head coach said after the game. Oh, I don't want to hear it. Oh, my gosh. I mean, he uh, basically, first of all, your star free agent signing uh, headbutts an official. Uh, yeah, I know. And then our number one pick drops a touchdown pass. And then our offensive coordinator has Matthew Pat Stafford rolling out with no protection against one of the best defenses in the NFL. Uh, it was so lioness. Uh, and somebody said, um, you know, how are the Lions not like a dollar bill? With a dollar bill, you get four quarters. Bum, bum, bum. But AP rushed for 100, didn't he? I, 93 yards. It was 93. I know, I know. So I there's mean, there's hope maybe, but we've been down this track. Let's move on to the other well, one. Well, I just want to go back to what Matt Patricia said. All right, if you have because to. Because after the game, they're interviewing him, and they were telling him, again, you know, you're supposed to be this defensive coach, and your defense collapsed. And he said, I'm, a, I'm paraphrasing here, okay? You can, you can correct me. But basically the question, he came back and said, I'm a great defensive coordinator. Didn't you see the Super Bowl four years ago when Ryan made the interception at the goal line against the Seahawks? He actually trotted out that he was a defensive coordinator, and he is the reason why Logan Ryan intercepted the ball against Russell Wilson to win that game against the Seahawks. That was Butler. Butler, Butler, Malcolm Butler, excuse me. Malcolm Butler. I mean – where we, in the world did that come from? Let's keep moving, please. All right, please, okay. please, please, please. Please. All right. And another thing that's status quo, Aaron Rodgers comes out looking like old Aaron Rodgers. Maybe, just maybe, the Packers did this just to get him motivated again. But their defense looks a little shaky in Packer land. They won 43-34. Um, you, you seriously think they had to draft a quarterback to motivate Aaron Rodgers. I don't know. He really looked like he was trying to be Mr. Conservative last year. That's his, yeah, he looked that against the defensive backfield of Vikings, which had three new starters. You don't think lost, this is going to last? Lost. Look at the defense for the Vikings. They lost Everson Griffin, the best pass rusher. They lost their other great pass rusher. They're missing three starters in the defensive backfield. I think Aaron Rodgers went against a depleted defensive team in Minnesota, and Minnesota came back. It wasn't as close as the final score, but I, you know, we are, we are, and I say we collectively. I include myself. We are horrible at making granite observations off the first week. Two years ago, Tampa Bay beat New Orleans first game <laughs> of the season, and we were ready to say Jameis Winston has arrived. And he has. He's a ribbon in New Orleans where he's the backup quarterback. Actually, but it's, first, it'd be no fun to third say, string quarterback. It'd be no fun to say, oh, here's the scores. It doesn't matter. Let's talk about something else. Well, That's we're, the, prisoner, we're prisoners of the moment. So and what? Really, Let us enjoy the moment. Okay. Though. But you got to go four weeks really to get a true read. But go ahead. Let's I go hear you. This is the uh, old sage veterans that you have okay, to have four right. weeks. At least, at least. But, but you're but not now, playing fantasy, you're not enjoying the moment. Uh, Come on, no, man. No, I, I know. I, you leave it to I your son. Dignity. I have a dignity. But oh, go to the, go to the, status the rest quo. of us don't have dignity because we play fantasy. Okay, league. Go to, well, you know, Mitch Trubisky, just where was he for three quarters? And then he woke up and decided Foles is sitting there to the sidelines. I better straighten up or 
He'll take my job. I, All right, go ahead. Yeah, I, I didn't say that the Bears are on the golden road to the Super Bowl now. They're playing the Lions. I mean, everybody has a chance against the Lions. It's a whole culture thing. And Matt Patricia doesn't have, I think, the just what it takes to lead them out of that. I don't know who does, but he doesn't seem to. Now, I'll tell you who I think is a good leader, a really good leader, whether he's going to win a lot, and that's Ron Rivera in Washington. Uh, if you've, if people, if you've seen the story, he's fighting cancer again. They brought in Ivy just in case they didn't want him to get dehydrated or, and the, their team came back in the second half because basically their quarterback says, we're home. We're blankety blank home. We don't lose. And they came back and scored 20 points in the second half. I, I wish Ron Rivera, I wish he was a Senator or, or more than that. That guy is such a high quality as you know, at Carolina, he did a lot oh, of good class. things. Class. And and not only that, he's class for the community. He gets very involved. You know, a lot of players and coaches get involved for PR reasons, local charities and activities. But Ron Rivera did it with very little publicity. So, yeah, he, he is class. There's no issue about that. But when you're a coach, there's a there's an expiration date. I mean, in five or six years, unless your last name's Belichick, uh, there's a time when you've got to get out. And he's done, again, you look at the situation he has handled in Washington, he's gone in there. He's got a young rookie quarterback. He has to go through the name change situation. The um, the controversies with the owner, basically that losing all the sponsors because of the name. Uh, now there are accusations of sexual dis- discrimination. Uh, I mean, he's been that one shining beacon of hope through this and then he then he has cancer and and again he's holding it together against a team with a great defensive line kerrigan and 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 young i mean they put pressure yeah i mean that's you know of course the eagles lost two starters in the offensive line but every year the eagles lose two starters in the offensive line you know, Wentz shows just enough to frustrate everybody. It does. He is to so To be a former MVP, to be a former MVP. Again, yeah, and Philadelphia fans aren't the most patient in the world to start with. But, uh, uh, you know, it's it's he's done a great job. Uh, I'll see how long it lasts. Haskins, again, you got Alex Smith there. That's another inspirational story because that's a guy – who basically had to make the decision, you know, we may have to amputate your leg. Right. Now he's active in the NFL. So the, if if there's a team you can root for the players, but not the owner, not right. not Snyder. Well, Ron Rivera played uh, linebacker for the old Chicago Bears back in the glory days oh, yeah. and has worked his way up. And I, I just think, as you can hear, a lot of them. How about those Las Vegas well, Raiders? Well, before we get to that, did you play the old uh, game yesterday? How many announcers would say Oakland Raiders and how I many did not. would how, say do you Redskins? Know how, how many? Actually, uh, FBI, there were five instances. And <laughs> Fox actually showed the old logo. Slipped up, showed the, when they were doing the, the crawl. Yeah, the old uh, forbidden uh, logo in that respect. Now, let's let's probably Let's talk family. about your team, <laughs> Dow. Now, my team's the Lions just because I was yes. born in Michigan. Ernest has gone with both his his well one team left me yeah i know that we've chronicled the, the scarring factor of that robert ursay the baltimore colts on the mayflower broke your heart may what was it march 1983 but we're in 2020 now ernest okay okay 
We're, we're, we're past. We're trying to get past it. I know I'm trying to get past the line. I know, I know. I had to play therapist for a lot of Panther fans, and we actually did fairly well. I well, mean, 34 we to 20 it. against the well, visiting you know Raiders. You, you score 30, you ought to win. That's my hard and fast. Well, your defense is to blame that. And we have a young defense. Here's our story, and I'll get to Vegas in a second. But we're in a division – with a 44-year-old quarterback, a 40-year-old <laughs> quarterback, and a 35-year-old quarterback. Yeah, yeah Ryan's 35. And so, yeah, old dudes. Yeah. Teddy yeah. Bridgewater's no young guy anymore himself. No, but he'll be there in three years where the other guys will be on ESPN or vacationing with Giselle. Dancing with the Stars. Or Dancing with the Stars, yeah. We're, we just got to bide our time. Because we've tried to patch it for the last two years with, with broken down players. Brandon Allen doesn't have a job right now, and that was our starting quarterback. So we're we're pretty young guys, and it's an it's an exciting offense. <laughs> not that they're not that they're fans in the stand defense. If you didn't have McCaffrey, you would be in deep doo doo. Oh, Robbie Anderson is an established deep threat. Oh come on! Yeah, he did we've get 115 yards yesterday. I'll give him that. I was going to say Bridgewater, if, I think he has learned a year with Breeze. I mean, we'll be lucky to win five games. Uh, I know that at that point. But uh, And Vegas, I mean, they still have some problems. I so, mean, uh, Gruden, I mean, let's face it. They're not going to beat Kansas City. I think the Chargers aren't going to be as good as what we think are. We'll see what Denver is tonight. That's a pretty mediocre division. Just think of I mean, this. This year in 2020, we have legalized gambling on sports, and we have a team, and we have two teams in Las Vegas: the hockey actually, team and the football actually team. Actually, three if you say WNBA. Uh, <laughs> don't get me started if that's okay. Yeah, right. I, I don't know how many women listen to our podcast, but I don't want to get in trouble with them. All right, but um, just think about that. Isn't that hugely different? Uh, you know, we grew up 70s, 80s. Mostly 60s, 70s, folks, to be honest. Yeah, Pete Rose is saying, what is this? What yeah, is Pete Rose on? is going, what in the world is going I'm on? I'm the bad guy. I'm the bad guy. I know. It's, it's so weird to see so much gambling in, in sports now and, and wonder, sooner or later, is somebody going to try to influence to, to capitalize? Anyways, could your well, Panthers... You know, why, you know why it's not an influence, why it's not a danger now? It's because the salaries... They, they if, don't want to risk you, their whole salary for oh, a yeah. side if, payment. If you wanted to, if you're a gambler and you want to affect a game, you know how you do it, don't you? Officials? Yeah. They're the underpaid individuals, especially NFL officials, would be the most vulnerable. NBA, Major League Baseballs, they have unions. NHL, they have unions. And there's a lot of communication with the league office. Mm -hmm. The officials of the NFL are an independent group, but they're not a union. So if you're going to throw a game, and I know Cowboy fans are saying right now that's what happened last night, uh, that's that's how you would influence the games. Whereas yeah. mm -hmm. when Pete Rose's situation, you could, and there were instances of, of course, Pete Rose himself did it, where guys would bet much larger sums than their salary was. Mm. All right, back all right, to football. Right, back to football. Could your back Panthers to... beat the Jaguars? The Jaguars beat the Colts yesterday, 27-20. You mentioned Old Man Rivers throwing for 363. He got his arm wound up to throw 46 times 
I mean, that's four times practically what Cam threw yesterday. Is there anything different than what he did with the L.A. Chargers for the last few years? <laughs> They'd be behind in the fourth quarter. He'd have to throw two touchdowns. And he'd throw an interception in the last ten minutes. <laughs> I mean, this is the same story. He just has a different colored jersey on it. Uh, I mean, They're paying him $25 I, I million for this. I don't know if he'll last the end of the season. I can't believe I the Colts d- decided that he was worth that much instead of trying to develop a new p- quarterback. He's not their highest paid quarterback. Remember last week? Oh, that's right. Brissett's making They're spending more. $50 million on two quarterbacks. Um, two mediocre quarterbacks. Oh, my you gosh. $50 million, you get one good quarterback. Jacoby Brissett, so folks, is making like $25 million too. Crazy. I mean, if Kaepernick's ever going to come back, go to the horseshoes. I mean, mm. that, I mean, how much worse can they get? It was fascinating to see all the people in the stands there in Jacksonville. Mm. I mean, Florida's pretty much allowing them to come attend a, a certain portion come to the games. I think under 25,000 can attend games. You'll see that at Tampa Bay, and you'll see that in Miami when they open up. Mm-hmm. But to the next game, Paul, yes. All right. Uh, we yes, both yes, like the NFL red zone because you go from game to game. We're sort of doing that tonight. There, we yes. have no plan. We're just making up as we go. Uh, Ravens against the Browns. You know, like you said, Ernest, you can't d- figure out the whole year, and there's a lot of people that jump off the bandwagon. And Jim Rome on his um, radio show was saying he's going to stick with the Browns. He's going to stick with the Browns. Ernest, would you stick with the Browns? No. No, that, that's a train wreck. That's it's been a train wreck for three years, five years, whatever. It's been a train wreck since Vinny Testaverde <laughs> was the quarterback with the old Browns. Oh, my gosh, The ones Vinny. who went to Baltimore. How about Brian Sipe? Let's go way back. Well, with Vinny, they got to the playoffs. I don't want to go that bad. I mean, you know, Brian Sipe, yeah, yeah, that's the mistake by the lake, the pick by the Oakland Raiders back in 83. Boy, yeah. we are going back. Yeah, but the Ravens yeah, looked mean, good, and they were quizzing Harbaugh that he should have – or implying he should have rested Lamar instead of running up the score. And I'm like, come on, it's the first game. They didn't have any preseason. He's got to get his reps in. Weren't you surprised with the quality of play with no preseason? I thought it proves we don't need we don't need preseason. It's just to decide who's your last 10 guys on your roster. That's all no, it is. No, it's to put money in the owner's pockets. Well, that they too. Charge, they charge full price for exhibition games. That's true. Or some teams actually, you have to buy yes. the exhibition games. They to stick get it to you. It's a money thing. It always has been. Oh, we don't need to go down that sarcasm road. All right, too. okay. Next game. <laughs> Sorry. All right, that's good. Um, as my wife said, you know that other team in Los Angeles, they won against the Bengals. And I am said like the Chargers. Yeah, yeah, they won. Yeah, because the Bengals kicker pulled a hamstring while he was kicking <laughs> yeah. the tying field goal. Yeah. Burrow looked actually pretty good. Burrow made some – now, he had a pick by an old acquaintance of mine, Melvin Ingram, but it was kind of one of those push passes. He was trying mm-hmm. to throw to his running back. Melvin jumped inside, but I, I, the Chargers didn't impress me. I I, I think they've regressed. Really right. have. Tyrone Taylor is not – I mean, Taylor's just holding a place until mm-hmm. uh, Herbert gets there at the end of the year. Right. And then I think if you had one surprise of all the games, it was Cardinals being the 49ers. But then sometimes you have a hangover from a previous year where, you know, it just doesn't come together as quick as you think it should. And you have a wide receiver, Samuel out. And 
Jimmy Garoppolo still played pretty good, but but Kyler Murray, is he overrated? I mean, he led them to win. It's the Hopkins difference. You put someone in stretches the field, then you can throw underneath the coverage and you've got wide open receivers. That's the difference. 151 yards yesterday. And and again, he's a, he drops back. He's equally a risk to run the ball. Now are in the level of the Rams and Seahawks. No, they're not that level, but I, they could slip in that last playoff. They could go nine and That's seven. what That's Nate, our f- fellow co-host, would love to hear. I don't know if he's listening, but there you go, Nate. We give you a throw out. The last, They've got a last place schedule. It, they yeah. could easily pull that off. And the last game before tonight's two Monday Night Football games, you have the Rams beating the Cowboys on that controversial offensive pass interference. Um, I was surprised the Rams didn't look even better. I thought they were... Here, that was all set up. They were home. They had a bad year last year for their uh, measurements. I thought they would really come out ready to roll. They have that beautiful new stadium. Did you like the stadium, Ernest? It was all right. I mean, it's it's kind of reminds me of Minnesota's, you know, the glass roof and everything. It I looked mean, like a ship I, from Star Trek to me. It'd be more impressive if fans were in the stands. You know, everybody talks about that passion affairs call. They don't talk about the Cowboys going for it fourth and one inside the five-yard line when they could have kicked a field goal to tie the game with 10 minutes to go. Mm-hmm. And could have got them in. Then they would have been in a position to win the game on a field goal as opposed to having to get a tying field goal. I mean, Mike McCarthy made a, blew the decision there. I mean, let's face it. I'm coming for a Panthers fan where we decide to plunge in the front line with a fullback two times in a row mm-hmm. on fourth and one. So, and, and by, uh, listen, I, I, we slipped by this before I could say this. As a Panthers fan, any fan, if your team is under two minutes to go and they're on the other team's side of the field and a chance to win, win or loss, that's not a bad game. That's all you ever ask is a chance to win in the last right. two minutes. You just don't want it to be a blowout. That's all and you if, you, if you score 30 points, you ought to win. That's on the defense. Yeah, any I think team so. that scores 30 should win. Well, right now as we record this podcast on Monday night, the Giants are up 10-3 to over the Steelers, which means absolutely nothing to you. But we can talk about, do we think Big Ben, in his old age, in his old grumpy semi-leadership type of guy, do you think he's got it in him to come back? I'll give you my take real quick. I don't think he has enough players around him, and I think he's getting too old. I don't think this is the year that Ben has a big comeback. He doesn't have to do that much with that defense they have with Fitzpatrick at corner and what a defensive line and and, and to it and those other guys. I mean, they've got a monster. They had the best defense in the AFC last year. So they don't have to do that much. Uh, can Connor stay healthy? Can they run the ball? I don't, it's not in his back to, for him to have to win games as much as he doesn't have to lose games. So, are they going to beat the Ravens? No. No. Do they have to worry about Cleveland or the Bengals? Nah. I mean, they'll make it as a wild card. Are they a Super Bowl team? No. No. I mean, let's face it. It's pretty easy to figure out the Super Bowl teams. Ravens and Chiefs in the AFC. (laughs) That's it. Maybe Texans. Maybe. No, no, no. Not Texans. Good gracious. That's it. All right, all right. right. So, you're going to go Seattle? And who else in the... NFC. Seattle. Uh, Saints. I, Saints. Boy, 
Green Bay possibly. No, not Green Bay this year. Green Bay Not enough defense. Not enough defense. 49ers, you're not going to no, even give no, them a whiff? No, no. 49ers, no. All right. So we got, we, all right, we just solved things. There are five teams can make it to the – Yeah. and it's not it's not going to be anybody in the NFC East because they're going to be – Dallas has finishing problems. They're now like what well, they've like – one and six. Didn't we say earlier we weren't? You points. didn't want to take too much from the first week, and here we're saying here's the five teams. Over <laughs> That's the it. Well, all right. Those five teams I mentioned will check in February. Yes, they'll yeah. be there <laughs> if they finish the season in February, and it'll be those five teams. I mean, but enjoy football. I you love know? football, and we'll get I mean, to college football it. if we have time at the end of the You're podcast. You're a Lions fan. I'm a Panthers fan. We have no shot of having a win. We have season. big problems, so we no, have to live vicariously still, through other you, teams. You still enjoy it. You enjoy oh, I do. Yeah. Young player, you enjoy watching Stafford. I I enjoy watching McCaffrey, and 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 the build and seeing young guys get better. So, and what Joe Brady is going to do as offensive coordinator for the Panthers. That's going to be fascinating to see all the tools they use. So I didn't, am I trying to be optimistic? Yes, optimistic. Enjoy football go. for football. It's just good to have football back. It is. It is. Next, next on the plate, Paul, what have you got for it? What's on the menu? Big what surprise. Smorgasbord. Your, your starting lineup for your NBA playoffs. Uh, we got the Heat and the Celtics still going at it. We still have the Clippers. And the Nuggets still going at it. I was going to say, we, we got a big game seven going there. We got the Lakers sitting over there ready for everybody, which means the Lakers will win the first game and then <laughs> four afterwards, which is what they've done the last two playoff series. And we've got Mike D'Antoni looking for a job. That's not a huge surprise, is it? I mean, he's never lasted a long time anywhere. But, but how much will whoever comes into Houston change – that format of, of that under six foot five team, uh, small ball. I mean, they're going to have to make changes. And, and again, Westbrook is aging before our eyes. So he here really I, I was driving around listening this morning to CBS sports and the, I don't even know who was the sports host. He was talking about Giannis and I wanted to scream, listen, buddy, that can be talked about all offseason. Talk about the playoffs now. Talk about the four teams that are still there. So, Five. Five, that's right. Sorry, slipped up for a second. <laughs> I'm assuming Clippers are winning. I know poor Chris Daniel out there is saying, come on, give my I, Nuggets some love. The only Nuggets I love are from McDonald's, so sorry, Chris. I'm not counting the Nuggets. I, now, now, remember, let's go back. My, my picks for the finals – were the Raptors and, and the, the Clippers. Clippers. So I'm half wrong already. And <laughs> and Denver just About played. basketball or other things? Well, um, my hockey picks are starting. Well, one of them starting to look pretty bad too, but we'll get to the hockey in a little bit. Uh, Denver just plays a different type of ball, and, and Murray's such an inspirational character. Um, and usually in game seven, you go with the team with the most talent. That's the Clippers. And I still think the Clippers will be the Lakers matched up. But, you know, with all this turmoil and all this sturm and dang that we've had the NBA season and this abbreviated playoff, it looks like pretty easily that they're still going to get L.A. versus Boston for a final, which is what the NBA home office wants. Oh, conspiracy thinking. Conspiracy. Conspiracy. I think the Clippers will handle the heat pretty well. Nobody remembers the old Laker-Celtics Games except for if you're over fifty. 
Think about that. Well, it's a nice little series ESPN did on it. It took five five nights. Yeah, but, but the yeah, the games of it. our youth we just yeah you know, we hang on to right. For some kids, it's the uh, Bulls against the Knicks was a really you know huge matchup in the Eastern Finals. I mean. Of all the games that you saw when you were younger, which matchup captivated you? For me, it was Lakers when you had Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Magic Johnson against Larry Bird and uh, Larry and Robert Parrish and Kevin McHale. That Chris was Boston, the best Danny matchup. Ainge. It was like wh- white guys being a little dirty in Boston versus the Showtime from L.A. It was Ra- Rambus. Oh, Rambus would come in and be their Jordan. tough guy. It was so good. I mean, yeah, I can name the old lineup. Yeah, that was that was uh, five matchups, and you had Sixer slip in there every once in a while. But that was eighties yeah. or seventies and eighties. Eighties, eighties, early eighties. Uh, yeah, the last. Uh, I mean, ninety-two was the last time the Lakers made the playoffs, the Final Four. The fascinating thing is the the best two teams facing each other will be when the Clippers play the Lakers. The finals will be a letdown. It really will. It won't be as good as, as L.A. versus L.A. So you're going to say L.A. is going to win the championship. That's what you're going to say. Yeah, yeah, that's a really safe bet. Team <laughs> out of the West. It's, it's going to be the Clippers. Yeah. Kawhi's, Kawhi's risen to the top when he had to. So, yeah, I mean, but we're still seeing some. Again, Miami pulled a big upset, and, and they, they play a fascinating ball. They kind of fall in the defense that Boston plays and the waves of players that Boston can run to you. I don't, I don't think it may go six. I'm more likely to go five. Mm-hmm. I think that's a big mismatch. I think Lakers and Clippers will go seven. I think it'll be a classic. And I think the Clippers will slip out. It'll be a, a great series, but I just the depth of the Clippers, I, I got to give them the pull. Mm-hmm. Which we're going to look really bad if the Nuggets pull. <laughs> yep, so we're really going to look bad in that respect. When I see the Nuggets play, I think, where's George Carl? Because I just always I liked it when he was the coach. <laughs> where's Matumbo? Where's Matumbo? <laughs> where's the old dudes? Um, I was talking sports at work. I know you talked to Travis, uh, one of your coworkers about sports, but they were saying that the NBA playoff just looks too weird to them. He said he would rather watch the NHL playoff. And he was comparing how each sport is handled not having fans there. And I said, maybe, but to me, the biggest difference is Major League Baseball not having fans there because it's a slower pace. They used to pan the crowd. The crowd would get foul balls or things like that. To me, that is the biggest difference. So what do you think? What sport suffers the most of not having fans there? I don't know. I mean, I've liked them all. I've never been... To be honest with you, of all the sports that have suffered, I thought college football suffered the most. Oh, uh, that's, I mean, yeah, just the pageantry and everything. We're going to get to that in a little bit. But, I thought yeah. the NBA, I, you know, the, the, I can't, between the both of them, the NBA has so much created flash with these wall of fans. And watching the NHL games, and I, I spoke to this several weeks ago, was kind of like watching the outdoor game, which the fans were so far away from the ice. Right. That I've kind of got, and the, kind of like watching, you know, the Olympic games really don't have a lot of attendance in them also when you watch them. So I've seen this, NBA games, I've seen summer league games with no fans. So it's not really different as much. Now the NFL was just, 
because of these these cavernous stadiums, it just looked really different, weird. Mm-hmm. I'm glad Fox decided not to put the computer generated fans in the stands because mm-hmm. I hate that idea and concept. But once it starts, I don't really pay that much attention to the fans and all that. Respect. Well, I was watching Fox Baseball and they put fans in there only for one angle. And it reminded me, you remember when Shrek came out and Shrek was <laughs> nicely done, but there were certain parts where you could tell they did multiple people from a distance and they're doing the same movement. Like if you look every fifth person over, you see the same arm wave and you see like old, old cartoons or old video games. Yeah. It's sort of like, uh, it's just too stiff too too contrived. But anyways, uh, well let's get to the national hockey league. We're down to the final two. We have the golden Knights against the Dallas stars. You've picked, I thought you picked the, uh, Lightning uh, and the uh, Golden Knights, and it looks like you know. Here, here's the hard thing for me, Paul. I'm in, I'm in a a spiritual crisis now. A spiritual. Okay? You've come to the right place, my son. Okay, all right. Or I should okay. say, my father. Okay. You're older now than me. Got, oh, my big brother. I'm older than me, my father. Uh, I got Kimball Walker, who left my Hornets, who's going to lead the Celtics to the NBA Finals. I've got Cam Newton looking better than he did in the last four years leading the Patriots very easily to the playoffs. And I have Anton Habibulin, who used to just be horrible as a goalie for my Carolina Hurricanes. No way I can perceive of him being a Stanley Cup finalist goalie, leading the Dallas Stars, because their their goalie for the season in Bishop has been out. But they have just out-physical the Golden Knights. I mean, they have just physically beat them up and the golden Knights goes to these stretches. Whereas they went back and forth with goalies and they signed Lerner to a long season, but they decided, well, we're going to give, uh, we're going to give Flurry some time because they didn't want to offend him and his agent. And I think it really cost the momentum of their defense because they felt like they had to give that backup goalie some time. But, Hobby Bullen, I mean, uh, excuse me, Hobby Bullen, I'm going old school, uh, uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. But Hodoblin is just, he doesn't like the goalie that I used to see give up goals all the time for the Hurricanes. Now, the Lightning, I still feel like, and I said that I thought they were going to win it all. They've gone through a lot of injuries. Stamkos, who's their best offensive player, has been injured all through the playoffs. They lost uh, a couple of their good defensemen. They're beat up. But they're going to beat the Islanders, and I still think they're going to leave with a cup just like they did in 2003 when Nikolai Hababulin was their goalie. Uh, <laughs> I like the work that they've done. Vasilov is doing pretty good at goalie. I mean, I'm, I'm okay with the Lightning, but the Stars have been just so physical. I mean, old school hockey, as the, the Hanson brothers would say, and Slapshot, there you want me. You wanted me to skew for an old movie. Could I go further older than Slapshot? <laughs> just, just 10 years older than Caddyshack. 50 years ago. Well, the NHL is also announcing some of their award-winning players and trophies. They do a little early. And the one that always I was curious about, and I've been so lazy, I finally looked it up. Do you know, Ernest, the history of the Lady Bing Memorial Trophy? It's known, it's given to the person who's shown the best sportsmanship. And I always thought, sportsmanship in hockey? But yes, 
Every year they give it out. Do you? I'll give you a chance. Do you know why it's named Lady Bing? I, if I remember correctly, Lady Bing's husband was the English premier or when Canada was still under the uh, governance of England. And there was one particular player or something. She talked her husband into putting up the money for this trophy. I'm, I'm really searching my history. You are very, very close. Wow, I'm impressed. You're right. It was named in honor of Lady Bing, who was Marie Evelyn Moreton, who is the wife of Viscount Bing of Vinamy, who commanded the Canadian forces at the Battle of Vimy Ridge, who was Governor General of Canada from 1921 to 1926. You're right. It was still under the control of Great Britain at this point. She loved hockey. She dedicated, she gave this trophy to the NHL saying, give it to the guy who was the most sportsman-like, and then they decided to name after her after that. And she said the first winner should be Frank Nybor of the original Ottawa Senators. Uh, so there you go. And a lot of players have won it, and, you know, it's not a bad trophy to win at all. Wayne Gretzky won it five times. Uh, Ron Red- Francis got it quite a few times. Yeah, so it's, it's sort of the guy that, you know, it's not going to rough you up, but it's going to play hard and strong and be a good leader type of thing. So there you go. Definitely not going to be from anybody from the Dallas Stars. No, uh, Nathan <laughs> McKinnon from the Avalanche won it this year. And and again, you have to have some talent. It's not like the 25th guy on the roster. It's usually a, a star player. And McKinnon right. is one of the top five players in the NHL right now. All right, so we got five more or six more good minutes to talk about the college football on the first weekend. And I want to tell you, it was a depressing weekend for me being a Big Ten fan. And I'm sitting there watching some games from the ACC, and they were halfway decent games. But, excuse me, what I kept on thinking was, this isn't fair. How come they can play and we can't? This is so crazy. Why can't we get on the same page? And and so there's been lots of rumors around Big Ten land, especially coming out of that semi-great state of Ohio, thinking that the Big Ten presidents are going to reconvene uh they supposedly talked about they it did. They did on Sunday. Sunday right and there's talk that they would it's going to start in end of October or October 17th at the earliest I don't know if that's true that no official words come out of the Big Ten that I can find um, well, I've, I've heard there is no meeting to reconvene but nowadays you don't have to physically be in the same location so I think watching it, but if you're watching football and thinking, if they can pull it off, why can't we? And the question is legal. And actually this weekend I was hanging out at a guy's uh, cabin who was a lawyer, and I asked him about it, and he said, yeah, you're right. You know, they're worried about they're going to get sued, and they're worried about a lot of lawsuits, and uh, other places think they can do it. Um so it was hard to watch, and yeah, I liked watching college football at the same time. Um, you're down in ACC land. How did it feel to have full football down there? I, the teams that I saw play even had a harder time adjusting, you know, because of the lack of contact. They kind of look like what we expected in the NFL, and it took like a half for teams to hit their momentum and flow and go. And it was interesting. Like Notre Dame had all these fans. Fascinating to watch the Duke band and the uh, Notre Dame band play through face masks with the trumpets and all those instruments, all the wind instruments. Uh, I mean, it was it was good to have college football. It was you know the there weren't you know, the closest game was Tech and, and Florida State, and again Florida State 
looks like they're going to be mediocre again. I know that really <laughs> a new coach Norville from, from Memphis is not exactly lighting that team on fire. Uh, the glory days of the Seminoles are over. Uh, you know, I hear people out here saying this is a great recruiting advantage and I go, well, yeah, but in the spring you're going to have PAC 12 and big 10 games will be the only thing on TV. That's going to be a recruiting advantage also. Uh, let's, let's face it. The only reason why the PAC 12 and the big 10 are looking at is they want to get into the playoff because that's a big share of big money. If there was not that financial reward with the, the football series, the championship series, they would go ahead with the spring in that respect. Ohio state fell the furthest that any team has ever (laughs) fell. I'm not going to say the last time a team fell that far, far because that would, uh, <laughs> I know, is a particular wound to you, Appalachian State. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, my team shot up from 18th to 12th, and they looked mediocre. So we're, Carolina's now the 12th-ranked team in the nation. You look at, and there's a lot of Southern schools in that top 25. We got your Appalachian State. We got your Coastal Carolina. We got your North Carolina. We got your South I mean, that's – it's. It's, I can understand from both respects. I understand the decision makers in the Big Ten. Uh, there seems to be a lot of people from the outside applying pressure, and I don't know if that's <laughs> really why you want to make decisions from the media and outside the media and people in, all through the political world of both parties applying pressure. And, uh, again, you don't make a decision because people are putting pressure to you. You make a decision for the right reason. And I've seen, and you and I have both seen, I mean, news coming out. The, the, the one we heard today, the wildest one, was uh, this came from Dan Patrick, that Michigan, Michigan State, and Maryland were not going to play. And, and so you're going to a 19, nine 19, nine or is that 11-team uh, conference? Uh I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, the coaches, of course, want to because they know this is going to hurt recruiting and it's going to hurt their financial background, and they're going to have to take salary cuts if they play a season. And what I hear is if they you know, play in the spring, it's going to, have to be indoors, which means um, they're at Ford Field, at uh, the Minnesota Stadium, at Indianapolis. You're going to have to play doubleheaders. So we, it's a day-to-day basis, and and the, the sad part is, Paul. And I love college football, but we're still in a pandemic. We're still getting people infected, and right now it's five percent national average of everybody who's tested. I'm a I'm a public health worker, so I'm seeing this on the front line. So it's hard for me to judge anybody that decides to participate or not participate in this. Mm. That was straddling the fence pretty darn good. Well, I mean, I love to watch football, but but if you're an unpaid worker, is it worth risking your health? I know. Well, we're on record on this podcast as saying, you know, it's not worth your life to play. Yeah, I was looking at statistics this weekend, looking at the percentage of people who get it under the age of 25 and how many actual deaths. And I know as soon as I start that, it's a slippery slope, right? But the percentage is really low. Really, really, really low. And I think that's empowered most younger college students to think, oh, if I get it, no big deal, I'll recover. But what they don't know is it can affect your heart 
and damage your heart for the rest of your life. I mean, there's other consequences to this. And Michigan State, um, maybe Dan Patrick had a little bit off, but Michigan State had to close down their whole campus just recently too because they went from like 89 cases to 400 cases. Um, and Michigan does not have that many cases here on campus. So we'll wait and see. I do like watching it. It was a lot of fun to watch it. I did like the um, game f- with Florida State, and um, that was fun. Um, I didn't see a lot of the other games except for Clemson beating up on Wake Forest, and I thought Wake Forest didn't look as bad. But then again, they scored their 10 points against the second and third stringers of Clemson. I think it's Clemson's to lose once again. Just like you said about the NFL, we shouldn't overreact on the first week, right? Yeah, I mean, two weeks before the SEC starts. I mean, the, the, the Big 12 really looked bad. Big 12 had some problems. You had Kansas getting whipped by a Coastal Carolina, which is a, a Sunbelt team. Uh, they, you know, Iowa State lost to Louisiana, which used to be Southwest Louisiana State. So the, the, the Big 12 had a rough opening in that respect. Uh, you're going to see upsets, and we've already seen five games uh, canceled. Or, and you're going to see more games canceled. I mean, that's just the nature. Baseball is a pretty good indicator of what you're going to see. And if you do start late, like the Pac-12 and the Big Ten are saying, and you're trying to get those games in before New Year's Day, you're really not going to be able to shift your schedule around. ACC has been able to replace games to make sure they're still going to play 11. But if you're going to play a really tight schedule like that, and if you're going to try and play outside, you're really whistling in the dark. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, if you push back the championship series to, I don't know, the weekend between the uh, NFC and AFC championship and the Super Bowl, which is the last week in, in uh, January, and you stretched out the schedule a little bit, that might be the wiser thing for everybody. But the only reason they're doing this is because of the lore of filthy lucre. <laughs> none, of means it, money. none of it that money. goes to the players. All right, Ernest, we got to start to wrap it up. Um, just curious, are you if you had to give one recommendation for anything besides sports, I don't know if anybody has time to watch anything but sports right now. Do you have any recommendations? Uh, there's a series on Amazon Prime, which is the wildest thing I've ever seen. It goes beyond X. Uh, again, it's pretty R-rated. It's called The Boys. And it's the premise that superheroes become corporate uh, figureheads. And they're basically uh, a group of underground individuals try to take them down. And it is hilarious, but it is heavy R-rated. So I, they're in the second season now, but I highly recommend The Boys. I've seen previews for it, and it looks like what would happen if superheroes had moral, no moral compass and just used their powers any way they wanted, which was done already with Hitchcock, wasn't it? Or with wasn't that done with um, uh, Will Smith? Remember, he was in that one. Hancock. Hancock. Hancock right. No, but these are corporate, and and they're basically it's a satire on our current society. It is very well done, mm-hmm. and uh, Carl Urban who you may remember playing uh, 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 oh, the doctor on Star Trek. Boy, I'm blanking out. Jim, I'm not a surgeon. Uh, he's Bones. Also, 
played Bones in the new Star Treks. He also was Judge Dredd, and uh, he was in Lord of the Rings. He does a great job. Where was so, he in Lord uh, of the Rings? I highly recommend. I don't remember him. that part. Uh, he is the uh, he's the Horseman. Oh, got a blonde beard in it. Uh, His sister is uh, is one of Texas Shine to Aragon. Uh, so my recommendation. Lego, Lego. Go ahead. For TV, uh, my wife and I watched Away. Um, it's a it's sort of a space odyssey, but with social media and iPhones in space. So it's uh, Hillary Swank on a mission to go to Mars. And she's trying to make it to Mars. She's the commander. And they have different challenges. But what complicates it is in the technology, I don't know if it's set, you know, current or in the future, I guess a little bit in the future, you could be millions of miles away practically and still have your daughter call you about stress with a boyfriend. Or you could have, so is that a good or bad thing to still be connected when you're on such a special mission? And it's just, you can watch it on Netflix the whole first season. Um, it's pretty good. I, I enjoyed most of it. I'll say that. They have that on the International Space Station. You can do that now on the International Space Station. But we're, we don't have a vehicle blasting off toward Mars, though. I mean, No, but they're up there for uh, years at a time, and they still can communicate via computer with yeah. their family members. My sister works with the International Space Station. Sorry. But I just, I just let some secrets out. Boy, I'm sorry. Oh. Guys, the black coats will be approaching. Yeah. Did, I, did I get my last minute? You get one minute. Go. All right. Okay. You remember back in May when we had no sports? When we were watching these series? I tried to block it about? out. Okay. On September 10th, we had college football. Yes. We had pro football. Yes. We had MLS. Yes. We had the WNBA. All right. We had Stanley Cup. Yeah. We had the W we had the NBA finals. Score. We had PGA golf. Life we had good. the US Open tennis Yay. all on one day. Yay. It is the only time that all of the major sports were playing on one date. God bless America. Made up for all of April and May. <laughs> we tried to cram all of April and May in one day. And literally, my thumb has a blister from just <laughs> checking scores all day long. And it was sweet. It was sweet. <laughs> it was really nice. Did you go out to your pool? Yes. I actually fell in my pool, but that's a story for another day. Okay. I all have right. an injury. I have an injury. But yeah, uh, yeah, I listen to it in the pool. That's the best way to listen to sports. Nice, nice. I really don't have a strong take. I've given my takes already. I'll just use this last minute to say, hey, listen to our podcast. Tell other people about it. Uh, we're on sportscountry.net, usually in the afternoons at 4 or 5 o'clock. We also have a podcast called Boys of Summer. It's about every other week about baseball. And then uh, once in a while we have Trumbull Dads, which is a bunch of guys who like beer and all have parents of young kids out in Trumbull, Connecticut. So listen to our podcast. Let me know what you think. Email me at gobluearnold at gmail.com. I'll even respond to Ohio State fans. So for Ernest Watts and Paul Arnold, that's me. Have a great night. <laughs>